and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. You know, the more I study the Bible, the more I realize that every single book from Genesis to Revelation all point to Jesus. In the Old Testament, Jesus is predicted. In the New Testament, he is revealed, preached, explained, and expected. You find him everywhere because Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible. I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies on my blog. This next series is a hunt for Jesus in the Old Testament. It's how God's story becomes our story when we invite him into our lives. It will help us get to know God better, more intimately. And that's what he wants. He wants a relationship with us. Yes, you and me. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to study what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. Jesus in Joshua part six. No prayer, no wisdom. The importance of seeking God's counsel. Have you ever been scammed? I have more times than I'd care to admit. It's when you fall for clever, a clever scam artist and you end up losing money or worse. Did you know that God could help you when you face a situation that may not be in the up and up? That's the lesson that Joshua and company learned in today's chapter. Let's dig in. Joshua 9, the Gibeonites deceive Israel. Now all the kings west of the Jordan River heard about what had happened. These were the kings of the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Parasites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites who lived in the hill country in the western foothills and along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea as far north as the Lebanon Mountains. And if you click on over to my blog, there's a map there of uh, Canaan and who was where. These kings combined their armies to fight as one against Joshua and the Israelites. But the people of Gibeon, heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, and they resorted to deception to save themselves. They sent ambassadors to Joshua, loading their donkeys with weathered saddlebags and old patched wineskins. They put on worn out patched sandals and ragged clothes, and the bread they took with them was dry and moldy. When they arrived at the camp of Israel at Gilgal, they told Joshua and the men of Israel, we have come from a distant land to ask you to make a peace treaty with us. The Israelites replied to these uh, Hivites, how do we know you don't live nearby? For if you do, we cannot make a treaty with you. Now, if they thought they were Hivites, hmm, they replied, we are your servants. But who are you, Joshua demanded, where do you come from? They answered, your servants have come from a very distant country. We have heard of the might of the Lord your God and of all he did in Egypt. We have also heard what he did to the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, King Sihon of Heshbon and King Og of Bashan, who lived in Ashtaroth. So our elders and all our people instructed us, take supplies for a long journey. Go meet with the people of Israel and tell them, we are your servants. Please make a treaty with us. This bread was hot from the ovens when we left our homes, but now, as you can see, it's dry and moldy. These wineskins were new when we filled them, and now they are old and split open. 
and our clothing and sandals are worn out from our very long journey. So the Israelites examined their food, but they did not consult the Lord. Then Joshua made a peace treaty with them and guaranteed their safety. And the leaders of the community ratified their agreement with a binding oath. Three days after making the treaty, they learned that these people actually lived nearby. The Israelites set out at once to investigate and reached their town in three days. The names of these towns were Gibeon, Kephirah, Beeroth, and Kiriath-Jerim. But the Israelites did not attack the towns for the Israelite leaders had made a vow to them in the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. The people of Israel grumbled against their leaders because of the treaty. But the leaders replied, since we have sworn an oath in the presence of the Lord and the God of Israel, we cannot touch them. This is what we must do. We must let them live for divine anger would come upon us if we broke our oath. Let them live. So they made them woodcutters and water carriers for the entire community as the, Israeli, as the Israelite leaders directed. Joshua called the Gibeonites and said, why did you lie to us? Why did you say that you live in a distant land when you live right here among us? May you be cursed. From now on, you will always be servants who cut wood and carry water for the house of my God. They replied, we did it because we, your servants, were clearly told that the Lord your God commanded his servant Moses to give you this entire land and to destroy all the people living in it. So we feared greatly for our lives because of you. That is why we have done this. Now we are at your mercy. Do to us whatever you think is right. So Joshua did not allow the people of Israel to kill them. But that day he made the, the Gibeonites, the woodcutters, and the water carriers for the community of Israel and for the altar of the Lord, wherever the Lord would choose to build it. And that is what they do to this day. Okay, and if you click on over to my blog, there's another map um, where it shows Gibeon and Ai and Jericho and Gilgal. All the towns kind of close together, right near, uh, near the, the Dead Sea on the west side of the Jordan River. Okay, no prayer, no wisdom. Joshua and company were hoodwinked by a group of lying Canaanites. What's the lesson here? Well, let's turn to one of the Bible studies in the YouVersion Bible app. And this is from Strong and Courageous, a study in Joshua. And there's a link to it in my blog. I quote, to save their city, the people of Gibeon used an elaborate ruse to trick Joshua. God's instructions permitted Israel to make an offer of peace with distant cities, but demanded the conquest of seven neighboring Canaanite nations. Joshua tried to discern the truth, but neglected to ask the Lord's instructions. Without prayer, he lacked the wisdom to spot the enemy standing right in front of him. When the truth came out, Joshua had no choice but to honor the treaty. The Gibeonites were allowed to live as servants for the house of God, where they learned firsthand about the powerful God of Israel. God graciously turned their judgment into a chance to have a relationship with him. Again, that was from the YouVersion um, Bible app plan, Strong and Courageous, a study in Joshua. Now, here are some thoughts from Spoken Gospel, which is it's one, of my, one of my favorites. Um, and the link to them is also in my blog. So, quote, God promised Israel the land of Canaan, but it was never meant for just Israel. Interesting thought. 
considering what's going on now. God promised Abraham that through his offspring, all the nations of the world would be blessed. That's in Genesis 22:18. Now, Gibeon is one of those nations. And just as the first father of Israel believed God was promised to be the father of many nations through his offspring, Gibeon believes God and thus becomes part of God's promise to Abraham. The Apostle Paul says that when Abraham believed God would give him his promised offspring, he was actually trusting in Jesus, even if he didn't know his name. Ultimately, that's why Gibeon's deception works. When Gibeon quotes God's promises to Abraham and pleads for Joshua's mercy, they are really throwing themselves on the mercy of Jesus. That's why even a group of lying Canaanites can become God's people. Like the Canaanites' land, our lives belong to God. One day, he will take it back. One day, the grave will demand our destruction. God's warpath is inevitable. But the good news is that we don't have to trick God into accepting us into his eternal kingdom. We do not have to act like someone we are not or pretend we are better than we are. We don't have to deny our nationality or ethnic heritage. We become children of God and citizens of his kingdom. We can own land in his new world. These promises won't happen by pretending or hiding who we are, but by trusting that God's promises are true and that Jesus is powerful to bring them to pass. That is from Jesus in all of Joshua by Spoken Gospel. Again, the link is in my blog to their website. They've got lots and lots of Bible studies. I highly recommend them. Without prayer, we lack the wisdom to detect the more subtle lies Satan uses to interfere with our spiritual journey. Are you trying to deceive God? You say that you are a Christian, but you do you condone any of these cultural norms, ideologies, or behaviors like, here we go, LGBTQ, abortion, anti-Semitism, critical race theory, or CRT, idolatry of any kind that's worshiping anything or anyone but or besides Jesus. New Age, astrology, socialism, gender fluidity, many truths, replacement theology or progressive theology. If you are accepting of any of these practices which are despicable and an abomination to God, then you are trying to trick God into accepting you being nice and loving the world. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. You're trying to be accepted in a society and culture that is only leading you to hell. That's the wide road, the wrong way. But there's good news, and the good news is that we don't have to trick God into accepting us into his kingdom. God takes us as we are. Consequently, when we surrender our lives to him and repent of our sinful ways, he molds us into righteousness. We are reborn into new lives, worthy to enter his presence when we die. And in the meantime, we get the Holy Spirit that we can call on through prayer to give us that wisdom and to help us make the right decisions, no matter how small they are. Paul wrote in Colossians 2.20, you have died with Christ and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following the rules of this world? Are you really a Christian? Jesus said, 
in Matthew 7, 13, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Which road are you on? The right narrow path to heaven or the wide destructive path to hell? If you're not sure if you're saved or not, if you truly wanna be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit and get a one-way nonstop ticket to heaven that you won't be left behind at the rapture, what you have to do is believe, have faith that Jesus is the Christ and he died taking your sins away forever. Repent of your sins, stop sinning. Do a complete 180 degree turn in your life and surrender your life to him. Be baptized, show the world and yourself that you have died to your old life and are born again in Christ. Receive the Holy Spirit in your heart. So what are you waiting for? Got to get right with God now. He's coming back soon. Are you ready? Now's the time. Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift and confident hope of eternal life. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. There's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart. Solideo Gloria. To God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.